welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Lord, where else could I go but to the Lord of hosts? Amen. Amen. It's real. It's real. So, Father, speak to us right now. I mean, you're, you're sharing your word with us. Speak to us to your praise. In 1958, the early months of 1958, the Mau Mau Street Gang in New York City declared war on the police department. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? In February, another gang, seven boys of that gang, saw a kid in a park in a wheelchair. And because they had nothing else to do, they went and beat that kid to death. And it made, it made front page news. A country pastor in a small country town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was in a night of prayer, and the magazine that was featuring that story caught his attention while he was praying, and Almighty God said to him, go to New York. Now, he was a country preacher. He'd never been to New York City. He didn't know anything about street gangs. He didn't know anything about the lifestyle of drug addiction and all the other stuff that goes along with that. He was completely ignorant of, of inner city culture, metropolitan cities. But God just kept over and over impressing him he needed to go, and then God provided the money for him to go, so he went. <clears throat> and everything seemed a failure at first. He couldn't get in to see the seven gang members that were on trial for murder. When he went to the, the court hearing of the seven men, he got thrown out of the court. And so it looked like it was a complete failure. But as he walked the filthy streets of that city, God began to give him favor with street gangs. They began to recognize him because when he got thrown out of the court, a reporter took his picture, and that was the front page of the New York newspapers the next day. And, and they recognized him. And, and they said, hey, Davey, you're that preacher that got thrown out of the Farmer trial. Yeah, because the young man who was beat to death, his last name was Farmer. And that opened the door for him. Uh, one of the girls took him to meet the GGIs, a street gang. Grand Gangsters Incorporated. As he walked the streets and began to get favor, God gave him a concept. He got a friend of his that played trumpet to meet with him one day, and they went to a street corner in the largest housing project in the world. 
Fort Greene projects in Brooklyn. Over 30,000 people lived in those high-rise apartments. Most of them on welfare, predominantly made up of black families and Puerto Rican families. Two gangs controlled the streets of that project. The Chaplains, which is a black gang, and the Mau Mau's, Puerto Rican gang. And so David Wilkerson and his trumpet player went to a street corner near a school, and the trumpeter began playing real loud, onward Christian soldiers. Windows flew open in apartments. Children began to gather. Teenagers began to come. About a hundred children and teenagers gathered around Davy on that street corner. And he tried to preach, but he couldn't preach because they were, they were laughing and mocking. They were hoping a circus was coming to town. And they were laughing and mocking and hooting. And then pretty soon the police came and broke up the crowd and arrested David. And his trumpeter took him to the precinct and, uh, and thought he was trying to start a riot. And he said, no, I'm trying to preach to these kids. They said, well, you can't do that. He said, but my constitutional right. They said, well... If you stand under an American flag, you can preach on a street corner. So I went and got a huge American flag, went back to that street corner, trumpeters started playing again, windows flew open, children started gathering, teenagers meandered over. But this time, something miraculous happened. As David started preaching, something gang members fear. Tears began to gather in eyes. David said, if you're as tough as you think you are, I want the president and vice president of the chaplains and the mammoths to come up here and shake my hand. President of the chaplains, Buckboard, he came up, shook his hand, well, said, give me some skin. Back in those days, it was just you rubbed your hand. Stagecoach, his vice president, came up. They gave their life to Jesus. Israel, the president of the Mau Mau's, came up, shook Davy's hand, was very kind and gracious. The vice president of the gang, Nikki Cruz, was hard as a rock. Said, don't you come near me, preacher. I'll kill you. Davy's answer was, yeah, you could cut me into a million pieces and throw me on the street. But every one of those pieces would cry out, I love you, Nikki. Nikki turned and ran. But something spectacular happened as a result of that street meeting. Some people volunteered to pay for the rental of a huge arena. And churches began volunteering to send workers and buses. So they scheduled meetings in that arena. And they bust hundreds of gang members into that arena. And the first few nights was a nightmare. Nothing happened. 
just mocking and laughing. And when the young lady would get up to sing, they would make crude remarks to her. And the Mau Maus and the chaplains didn't show up. But the last night, here they came in and they sat right in the very front row. The two fiercest gangs in New York. And that night as Davy preached, it was obvious Holy Ghost was in the building. Amen. He began to move. When the altar call was made, Israel and Nikki Cruz of the Mau Mau's were the first ones to go in the whole Mau Mau gang and then Buckboard and Stagecoach and the chaplains and then other gangs. In fact, so many gang members came forward to give their life to Jesus Christ. They didn't have enough prayer partners to pray with them. Each prayer partner had to pray for several gang members at a time. The next morning, phone call came where David was staying. They said, they said, Davy, it's the it's the police precinct. Oh no, what happened? He took the phone, said, You gotta get down here right away. All the way down there, he's thinking, Oh, what happened since last night? He got there, and sure enough, there's Israel, there's Nikki, there's the Mau Mau gang. He walked in. The desk sergeant called for the lieutenant. The lieutenant came out and said, I want to shake your hand. How did you do it? Of course, Davy's going, how did I do what? He said, I got to tell you what has happened. He said... This gang declared war on us. And for the last several years, they have created nothing but trouble for us. But this morning, you know what they did? They came down here and they wanted us to autograph their Bibles. Amen. The night before, every gang member that prayed to receive Jesus, they gave them a Bible. And they had small little New Testaments, and they had big Bibles. And every one of them said, we don't want those little things. We want big ones. We want people to know. And they came down. They wanted the police officers to autograph their Bibles. And then they looked at him, and he said, preacher, we'll help you anytime you want to hold street meetings. You just let us know. Amen. Doesn't that? Doesn't that kind of sound like the book of Acts? What happened to Sharon? Doesn't that kind of sound like the book of Acts? One of the things that is consistent through the book of Acts is the church going to the streets and the marketplaces, taking the love and the mercy and the miracle power of Almighty God that met authentic needs and helped people get free. See, that's... It all began 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. The day of Pentecost in the marketplace. Peter preached and 3,000 people got saved. Just a few days later, he and John are on their way to the hour of prayer. And at the city gate, the eastern gate, 
There's a man there that has been lame from birth. He's never walked in his life. Silver and gold have I none, Peter said. But such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that lame man walked for the first time in his life. And the scripture says he went walking and leaping and praising God. And the whole city heard about the lame man. 5,000 people were saved that day. Of course, they got arrested. They were told to never preach in the name of Jesus and stop doing this ministry in the name of Jesus. They were a little different from 21st century United States church. They didn't go back and whine and go, well, you know, I guess we better. We're not essential. I guess we better. They didn't whine and cry about what they couldn't do. They went back, gathered the church together, and this was their prayer. Lord, Lord, help us be bold to preach in the name of Jesus. And Lord, through us, stretch out your hand and do miracles and signs and wonders. And the scripture said they continued ministering and the number of disciples began to multiply. Look at how it says it in Acts chapter 5. Let's read it together. Great fear came upon, read it with me, would you please? Great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also multitudes gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They didn't stop. Of course, what happened? Well, they were arrested again. I thank God for John MacArthur and Jack Hibbs and others that are standing up and saying, no, 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 this isn't what we're supposed to be doing, Pastor McCoy. Watch. Here's what happens next. So they get arrested again. And look what they say to them. This is, this is so great. This is what they said. Now, these, these, are the, these are the community leaders. Here they go. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It wasn't just in Jerusalem, though. What's really cool is in the book of Acts, deacons began doing ministry. Stephen began doing ministry. And then this guy named Philip, he leaves Jerusalem and he goes north into the region of Samaria and he starts preaching. And a whole city comes to Jesus Christ. 
And then he reaches an Ethiopian who's on a journey from Jerusalem. He'd come to Jerusalem to worship, and he's on his way back to Ethiopia. He is, he is second to the queen of Ethiopia, and he goes back, and history tells us that he shared the gospel in Ethiopia, and Ethiopia became a Christian nation. All because they took the gospel outside the four walls. See, God never meant for church to just happen inside these four walls. That was never God's design. Yes, we're supposed to come together. Yes, we're supposed to come together and pray together and worship together and have koinonia. Yes, we're supposed to do that. But listen, it's not all supposed to just happen inside these four walls. This is kind of supposed to be like our filling station. We come together in koinonia and we fellowship. That's why he said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to speak to one another, encouraging words. We're supposed to, sp- to exhort one another and help one another stand strong when we're under attack. That's the importance, by the way, of our life groups. If you're not a part of a life group, stop by the tables today. Sign up for a life group because it's so important that you have that relationship, that koinonia. But listen, if it all just happens inside these four walls, how are we going to turn Greater Hermiston upside down? We're not going to fit them inside these four walls. Almighty God wants us to understand. And he certainly never meant for the church to be entertainment. Oh, wow. And yet today, you know, for about 20 years, how people chose the church they went to was, was very, very spiritual. It was based on the bathrooms, the nursery, the classrooms, the quality of children's ministry. That, that was the three top reasons people chose a church. Their bathrooms, their nursery, and their children's ministry. And I haven't seen a recent survey in the last decade, but I, oh, I, I can just see it now. It happens something like this. Oh, you want to go to church? It's really cool. We got the best music around. Hey, you want to go to church? Our pastor's really cool. I mean, he's really cool. That's not how God wants us to choose church. The the 3,000 people that were saved continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. It was based upon the spirituality of that church. What, what if we started selecting a church because this church, this church takes the gospel to the streets? This church is known for its love, mercy, and grace. Hey, would you come to church with me? We're the most loving, gracious church. Would you, would you come with us? Hey, would, would you? You know what? I need to go see that church. I keep bumping into their people. They keep giving me touch cards. They, they keep telling me about Jesus. I got to go to that church because you know what? They prayed for me and God touched me. 
Hey, you know, I need to go to that church, you know, because I was sharing with him how, the, how the, my, 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 my son was starting to hang out with, with, with gangbangers, and, and, and they prayed for my son. They prayed with me, and we've been praying together for my son, and my son has turned away from that. You know what? What would happen if we started selecting a church because of the spirituality of that church and because that church brought the love, mercy, and grace of Almighty God to the streets and to the marketplace? Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said to his disciples, look, he said, listen, he said, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Jesus said to his disciples, in my name, cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that's exactly what the church looked like in the book of Acts. You take the church in America today and you compare it to the book of Acts and it's like, it's not even the same thing. And yet that's what Jesus said his church was to look like. So how do we do that? How do we become that kind of church even more than we are now. Because that's where we're going. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a whole new set of touch cards that's at the printer right now for all of you to be able to share Jesus with people around you at work and, and when you're at Java Junkies and when you're at Starbucks and when you're at Safeway and, and when you're at Bimart and, and, and with your neighbors and your friends. And when you hear somebody in need, you can share a touch card with them. And with that touch card, share your own story. But we want to be more. How do we do that? I want to share just four things with you real quickly that will help us be that. And when I mean help us be that, I mean help Do I dare say it out loud? Oh, I should say it out loud. Help you be that. Right? Everybody say me. I have to be that. That's what we've got to look like. So here we are. Here's the first one is Pray and seek the face of the Lord until you catch God's vision and passion for your workplace, for your neighborhood, for your community. Now, when I taught community, I taught Greater Hermiston all the way from Echo to Boardman. All points in between. But I, I, know, I know some of you, you live in Echo. Some of you live in Boardman. Some of you live in Irrigan. I mean, we got, we got all those communities represented here in our church family. So you got, you got to pray for your community. See, I, I pray for my, my community is, is, Highland, is Highland Summit housing area. So I walk and pray through Highland Summit area. Now, I also, every Thursday morning, I prayer drive our city also. And oftentimes I drive the perimeter of our city, praying for our city. You've got, to, you've got to catch God's vision for your workplace, 
for your neighborhood, for your community? What's God's vision there? What, what is God's heart and passion there? See, God didn't put you in that neighborhood just because that's where you could get a house. I know, that's probably, you probably went, oh, that, I, I can get that house. I'm going to get that house. And, and, and so you selected that house. But I want to tell you, God put you there. You're his light. And you're supposed to be a light set on a hill in that neighborhood where you live. Amen. He has you working at the workplace where you're at because that's your mission field. That workplace is your mission field. He hasn't called you to Africa. He hasn't called you to Russia. He hasn't called you to Croatia. He hasn't called you to Asia. He has called you to that workplace. That is your mission field. And he wants to give you a vision for reaching those men and women with the gospel. He wants to give you a vision for reaching your lane that you live on with the gospel. Now, maybe there's only three families that live on your lane but you're responsible for those three families. He wants to give you a vision. And then he wants to give you a bigger vision for your community, reaching your community. Next, love them. Love people. Love people. Pray until your heart is shaped like Jesus. See, the danger of holding bitterness is you're holding the account, you're holding the judgment against that person, but that person could humble themselves, get saved, get born again, and as far as God is concerned, they've never done that. And you're still holding the account. You're still judging. You see how different your heart is from Jesus' heart? You may click your tongue at, at, uh, at a young person that's got his pants down so low you can see stuff you had not to be seeing in, 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 uh, in, 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 in he's got he's got colors. He's wearing colors and and, and, he's, and, and, and you, may, you, may, you may hate him, but can I tell you something? Jesus loves him. Jesus loves him. See, Jesus loves him. I'm not saying that what he's doing is right. I'm just telling you Jesus loves him. You, 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 listen, I'm, not a, I, I'm a great fisherman. I'm not a good catcherman. I'm a great fisherman. But I did learn one thing. And no way, baby, I'm going to clean that fish till I get him landed. Wanda went fishing with me one time. We were on the Missouri River outside of Craig, Montana. It was a great fishing hole back in the 60s. You could catch browns and rainbows out of there, three and five pounders. That's not an exaggeration. Great, great fishing hole. I had I, I I got this one to shore. He was he was probably probably two, maybe two and a half pounder. I got him in and, and I was getting him off the hook, and as I was getting him off the hook, he slid out. <laughs> and back in the water, I grabbed that thing. Three times I grabbed him. You ever tried to hang on to a fish while it's in the water? 
that's what it's like when you're judging a person, telling them they need to get saved, and you don't really love them. There's no way you're going to get that fish landed. Not on, not on this planet Earth. How you're going to get that fish landed is when they see in your eyes and they can feel in your heart that you love them and you're sharing with them the greatest news they've ever heard in their life. Amen. You got to love them. You got to love people. You got to love people. There's a whole lot of Christians. I think they hate people. Bless God, they just need to get saved. Well, yeah, they do, but not like that. <laughs> Jesus wants to take your heart, and he wants to take it in his hands, and he wants to work it until your heart beats like his heart beats. And you love the way he loves. And you care about people the way he cares about people. Church family, we've got to become so loving and so gracious and so merciful that it doesn't matter who walks in these doors. They can feel Jesus' love because you love them. Amen. You're Jesus with skin on him. That's who you are. You're called the body of Christ, right? Amen. You're Jesus with skin on him. Man, here's the third thing. You ready? You got you to speak the word of God to him. And you don't compromise it. Can I tell you something? A sinner knows they're a sinner. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know it in their heart. Now, now we, we're, we're living in a weird time right now because we've, we've so... We've made truth so relative and moral values are so relative and we've done, well, you know, it, it may be wrong to you, but it's not wrong to me. And, we, and we, we say those things, but our heart still tells us. Man, I've, I've, I've talked with young couples that, that, that came to me for marriage counseling and I've said, well, what do, you, what do you think God thinks about that you've been living together and having sex together before you got married? And they went, oh, is that wrong? And they, they really, they really, truly really didn't know it was wrong. Well, let's, let's talk about that. And I share scripture with them. But I don't hit them with the word. I speak, I speak truth to them with love. Amen. I don't compromise it. I speak truth with love. You don't compromise. You speak the truth. And the greatest, the greatest thing you can tell them is your story. What did Jesus do for you? Now, I know what Jesus did for me. I know what he did for me. And you've heard me tell you. I mean, I should have been in prison. The only reason I wasn't in prison was because the the. The, the volunteer police officer that stopped me in the, in the act of killing someone took me to the YMCA instead of taking me to juvie. And that was the first time I really heard the story about Jesus. It's at the YMCA. Didn't understand it, but I heard the story. 
share your story. How did you get saved? What has Jesus done for you? Has Jesus, I mean, this is going to be the greatest. Boy, what a story Sharon's going to have to share. What a story. Jesus gave me a miracle. Jesus gave me a miracle. I was in a, I was in a grocery store one day. I was talking with a guy, and he goes, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, well, yes, I am. He said, don't ever be ashamed to say it. I said, I'm not. He said, because you're never at the mercy of an argument when you got a testimony. I said, I got a testimony. Want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> you never. That was the first year we were married. You never. You never at the mercy of an argument when you got it. When you got your story. Here's the last thing. Take the miracle power of Jesus to them. Take the miracle power of Jesus to them. You've got the miracle power of Jesus. In your hand and in your tongue. It happens like this. Stella, come on up here. I, I can use you for an illustration because you're my daughter-in-law. <laughs> come on up here. Come on. It, it, it happens. Just it, it's, it's so simple. It really is so simple. You know, and oh, oh, you 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 uh, you, you just got some bad medical news. I'm sorry to hear that. Can I pray for you? Thank you. Let's pray right now. And in there, see. My hand took her hand. Why? Touch. Contact. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Doesn't mean you got to do the old Pentecostal thing. <laughs> now, if Holy Ghost hits you that way, don't be afraid of it. But you know what I'm saying. Just take their hand. Just take their hand. And just pray. In the name of Jesus. See, I think we use the name of Jesus like a punctuation mark. Da, 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 in the name of Jesus. Well, what was that? Do you realize when Jesus said, in my name, he was giving you power of attorney. You literally have the power of attorney to sign the name of the Lord of hosts. When you sign his name, he will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. John 14, 13. Amen. Come on. Power of attorney. So you take in the hand, and you don't have to be loud. You can be soft. I mean, I have whispered over someone and watched a miracle happen, literally. It's not by the volume. I know sometimes we get excited, especially people like me. We get excited, but just Jesus, in your name, I pray. See how simple that is? You can do that. Every one of you in this room can do that. Can't they? Yes. And I know you do it. <laughs> Amen. Thank yes. you, Stel. I love you. Thank you. Where's Pastor Aaron? Come on up here. You had something happen this week already, right? Was it yesterday? Yeah. I need the mic again, please. Now, Pastor Aaron, you can't preach. Don't hand him the mic. Oh, no. I can control myself. <laughs> but you're stealing my story for next week. Oh. But that's okay. It's a story for next week. I'll just get a new story. It's okay. Of course you will. <laughs> what happened? 
Oh, well, how's that? You said you're going to get a new story yeah, for yeah, next yeah, week, so okay. tell this one. It's okay. So uh, I've been working uh, at, at Midpoint. We're out at one of the Amazon facilities, and I've been praying each day. I'm like, Lord, just give me an opportunity to, to talk about you in my workplace. Um, and so I was on the, on the road yesterday morning, and I was just praying in tongues and just asking the Lord, just, you know, give me an opportunity to be able to talk about Jesus. There was this, my foreman there, I really wanted to talk to him because just two days prior, he and I got into a conversation about church. And uh, so that was really fun, which, by the way, that counts as talking about Jesus because we're the bride of Christ. So, um, but anyways, he wasn't even there at work. And so I was kind of disappointed, you know. And so just throughout the day, I was just, you know, praying in tongues and and talking to the Lord and just asking the Lord just to open a door. Well, on our first break, this guy that I was working with, uh, he just out of the blue just started talking about a, a previous uh, drug addiction and how it left him completely fatigued, adrenal fatigue. He was on methamphetamines and, and he was just always tired. He's like, I've been clean for three years, but I can't seem to get any energy. And so the break was short and we didn't, I didn't really get a chance to pray for him. But as I got back in, I was working and I just started praying. I was like, Lord, I want an opportunity. So here's what I did. I reached out to one of my prayer partners and I said, pray with me for an opportunity to talk to this guy like I need prayer support well it just so happened that we took our lunch 10 minutes later than everybody else and so what happened everybody else went back to work leaving me and this other guy in the break room all by ourselves. so I just went over and I said you know I hope this doesn't hit you the wrong way but you were talking about your adrenal fatigue can I pray for you about that and uh and he's like, yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, what he said is, as a matter of fact, I really need it. I really need it. And he shared with me just about just how he felt like he needed Jesus and all this stuff. Wasn't quite ready to make a decision to follow Christ and attend church, but he was totally open to the idea of prayer. So wow. it, was, it was super awesome. Isn't that awesome? It was super Woo-hoo! awesome. Yeah. Come on. Thank you. Now, watch here. See, that doesn't happen because he's a preacher or for me because I'm a preacher it happens because we're just we're just men of God we're just men of God and we ask God and he gives it to us so how many this week remember remember we're keeping track how many this week you got to share Jesus with at least one person come on share Jesus hands up high I want to see him look at this look around the room come on look around the room look how many people got to hear about Jesus this week come on Woo, that's awesome. Thank you. Come on up here, Rod and Omar. Come on up here. Is, is Samantha here? I didn't see her. I don't think she got to be here today. Come on up. Come on up, Omar. Okay, we got, we got, we got another thing going on that we got, you guys got to hear about. We got to pray for. So you are the regional leader. Thank you. You are the regional leader for... Um, for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? Yeah, for Umatilla and Morrill County. For what? Umatilla and Morrill County. Okay, all right. And how many how many schools are we in right now? Well, we're in uh, Sandstone, Armin, Hermiston High School, um, Irrigan, and m- the middle school in Umatilla, and the high school in Umatilla. We pretty much have a meeting for every sports team, except for like a, just a few sport teams. But mm-hmm. like this past week, we had 16 meetings after practice, 
and we had about 180 uh, athletes attend between 16 meetings. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So just real quick, what's FCA? It's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's existed 60 years. There's about 20,000 uh, groups in the United States between middle school and college. And um, some meet at lunchtime and have a Bible study. Well, we, we don't, there's no lunchtime more at school. But we, we choose to do it uh, after practice, as close as the locker room as possible in the classroom or right on the field. I'm going to say, hey, um, practice is over. You can leave. We're if you want FCA, just stay right here. And sometimes there's three people. Sometimes 100% of the team stays but uh, um, athletes are not involved in youth group because I think they people go to youth group because they need to belong and they feel like they, they belong in their team. They don't realize it's going to come to an end soon. Um, plus, the practices are almost always in evenings. They get out late, so it's really hard for them to come to youth group. It's like Les Schwab. They have a tire store you can go to, but they got a truck that comes to you, and so it's kind of like a truck that comes to them. Excellent. We, we got to go to them. How many here have seen the movie Woodlawn? Let me see your hand. Woodlawn, up high. Okay, only about half of you. Listen, I'm serious when I tell you, this week on Netflix, other places, because it's, it's on, I think, all the, all the platforms, Woodlawn, watch that movie. It is a story about FCA and the impact FCA made in Birmingham, Alabama. True story. And uh, just watch that, because that will give them a, a good my, insight. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. Outside the passion of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, so uh, how are we touching in FCA? Okay. Uh, well, FCA has a thing called Starting Five, where every time there's an FCA group, they want to have a staff member behind it, a teacher, and a coach, which Omar does girls' soccer. So he's a teacher, or he works at the high school, and he's a coach and a student leader, and a church praying for them. Because Omar is the soccer coach, and Sam... Samantha Walsley coaches volleyball at the middle school, and she does FCA for, for the volleyball. And so they're missionaries. Amen. And uh, everyone's a missionary. When you go to Walmart, you're a missionary. I mean, Amen. It's just your mindset. That's right. And so uh, but we want a church that really prays for uh, Omar's girls' soccer team and Samantha's uh, volleyball team. And just not like a one-time but a weekly thing. So if you're interested in that, see Omar. Um, give him your email, and he'll send out a – Maybe a roster you can pray over daily or once a week. And uh, see me, and if you want to sign for Samantha, um, I can get her to do an email one, once a week and stuff. And so, Amen. yeah, we really want that uh, prayer support because these are people that are not, uh, and just not hearing the gospel. And, and also, a really important prayer um, shout out to Jesse. He kind of imparted uh, one of his students in Fusion, a freshman named Javier, goes to Stanfield and plays football and wrestle. He's going to start an FCA in Stanfield. He's in the process. Yes. Yeah, Jesse gave him encouragement and stuff. And, um, so, wow. So you can pray for Javier and uh, Absolutely. He, he can get that going. It's kind of hard for a freshman to do it, but he, he called me. He's talked to the principal already, and he's ready to, ready to go. Fantastic. Okay, reach your hand this way. We're going to pray for him. Ready? Here we go. Father, thank you that in the name of Jesus, we are seeing almost 200 teenagers touched with your gospel through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we do pray for Omar and Samantha. Lord, that your mighty anointing will be upon them as they lead these FCA groups. And that, Lord, that we will see young people come to salvation, come to you, Lord, and become strong disciples of Jesus Christ. As my brother continues to coordinate 
FCA in Umatilla and Morrow County. Lord, would you continue to give them great favor? Lord, I pray that Echo and, and Hepner and any of the other schools that do not have FCA, God, open the doors there to take the gospel into those schools as well. Father, Father, may we see a great harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, mighty God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Thank you. Okay, one more thing. One more thing, and then we're going to go into communion. But one more thing. God, God had a great surprise for me this morning, okay? We had some of our brothers come in that minister to a group that I could, I could never minister to. I, I don't know the culture. I don't understand the culture. I've never been a part of the culture. I'm way too bald and way too <laughs> for it. And you're going to see why in just a minute. Come on up here. Are my brothers from the tribe of Judah, all three of you, come on up here. See, I told you, I'm way too bald for this group. <laughs> wow, these, these guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, if I stand behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, um, these, these guys minister in areas that we need to be praying for them about. Amen. Who, who, who's your primary mission field? It is the uh, outlaw biker world. That's our primary. I mean, we, we minister to all, but we focus on outlaw bikers. Outlaw bikers. Wow. Wow. How long have you been doing this? Uh, let's see. I've been with outlaw bikers now for five years, maybe six. Okay. How long have you been doing it? All my life. <laughs> All your life. <laughs> Does that mean you were one? Um, God kept me on the outside, but close. Wow. That's, isn't that awesome, guys, that these guys are reaching people that we wouldn't reach otherwise? I want to pray for them and bless them in Jesus' name. And uh, I, I've met this brother a couple of times. Adam here, he... He and I have known each other for about as long as I've been in Hermiston. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, for punishment. <laughs> but uh, uh, I just met this brother this morning. But I got to tell you, I am praying for them. I'm going to continue praying for them. Would you join me in prayer? Just reach your hand this way for them. Lord, I know that you've got divine appointments for these brothers. You've, you've got men and women that they're to take the gospel to that, that maybe at this point hate you. But, Lord, they're going to they're gonna encounter your love, your mercy, and your grace. Hallelujah. And you're going to bring them to you. Yes. Lord, I thank you for that. God, protect them in their ministry. Protect them, Lord, as you send them into some of the darkest places and yet, Lord, you're going to bring your light there. In Jesus' name, thank you for them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Reward them greatly for their ministry in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Bless you, brothers. God bless you. That's it. If you want to know more about the tribe of Judah, you can look it up and look up Ben Priest in it.
because he has amazing stories. He was telling me that. I was going to do that this afternoon. Thank you for reminding me, though, Adam. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. Wow. Church family, as we receive communion today, and I'm going to ask our Connect team, please, to be prepared. As we receive communion today, I'm going to ask you, would you make this a personal time of encounter with Jesus? Where you say, Jesus, give me your vision. Would you begin shaping my heart so I can love the way you love? And Lord, begin giving me divine appointments. Begin giving me divine appointments. Help me to love who you love. Mm. So Lord, right now, is you in your word, you said this covenant meal was a significant part of our koinonia with one another and our koinonia with you. Lord, this morning as we join in celebrating the covenant meal together,